ready for it? Welcome to Enchanted, a Taylor Swift podcast. For us three Swifties, this is our holy ground. Every episode will consist of us breaking down a Taylor Swift song based on her lyrics when she wrote the song, our own connections to the song, and of course, throwing out different theories based on our girl's love of a good Easter egg. Come back, be here every Sunday for a new episode. Welcome back. Okay, guys, we are officially into folklore. We are starting today with the one, and that's it. It's not a, the start of a sentence. We are starting with the song, the one, numero uno. And I just think while this wasn't the obviously like single off the album to kind of introduce us, um, the fact that this was very much the very first song on the album and it just hits on so many notes and levels. And I felt just really poured every pulled everyone in. Like, I still remember the big thing was um, everyone had the caption, like Alexa play the one. And now mine is going to start talking. Um, So but yeah, um, this is so not the intro I was going for, but here we are kicking off folklore with the one. <laughs> Someone else, please take it away. Can, can we talk about, can we talk about how interesting it is that this song, yes, I think it's cutesy that it's the one and it's the first song, but she uses the number one instead of spelling out one, yeah. which is not something we normally see in albums and I still can't figure out why she did it this way maybe it is just to play up that it's the first song but does anyone else have a theory about why she used the number one instead of putting the and then spelling out one I don't know if it's a theory but I think when they were trying to discuss like which songs should go where and, you know, the, the song is obviously called The One, right? But I could see Taylor being like, no, The One. The One is One. And, like, holding her finger up. And so then they were like, okay, The One. Like, just this. Um, <laughs> that was my theory. Um, because the song has to go first. I mean, imagine folklore. Imagine any of the other songs going first on this album. It wouldn't hit the same I don't think because this song within the first what seven eight words I'm doing good I'm on some new shit in the first eight words you already know okay we're in for a new wild adventure with Taylor Swift so I think it's kind of I think I just think it's iconic that it was the one not spelled out o-n-e because I just I don't know. I think it had to be like, she was like, it's, it's just the one it's the number one song. I also wonder if it's a play on the line. We never painted by the numbers, baby. Mm. Um, and obviously in the paint by numbers, it, it literally just gives you the, the number. It doesn't spell out. Um, so I wonder if that's even just like a little nod to that. I can see that. I can see both of them. I love that Cody always imagines these like Taylor Swift like conversations. <laughs> She's well, like, 
Taylor and Harry Styles. Can I name this song Carolina? And he's like, that's cool. Go ahead. You know, and like Harry, Harry's like, no, it's the one, the number one. <laughs> I just love it. I love the Taylor in your head. Well, see, and if we're, if she's allowed to create an album with Wisteria and Mystical, technically two albums of, you know, just, you know, kind of fairies and wonderlands and all that fun stuff um then I'm allowed to create in my head like what she was thinking when she was like putting stuff together that's 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 my that's my rule if the artist is allowed to do so I'm allowed to do so I like it I'm sure she'd appreciate the lengths to which you go to really get into her mindset her body her presence as she makes decisions like this I just need to buy you a blonde wig that you have with your own tiktok (laughs) when in reality she's probably just drinking some wine and being like well this song is called the one i feel like it should be the first song on the album don't you aaron and he's like yeah that makes logical sense to me okay cool (laughs) but i think i think though and i know we'll talk about the song later but it's interesting though that for seven she writes it out right and i i mean actually I haven't watched in a while, but does she actually comment on this in the, um, the Disney special, the uh, long pond studio sessions? Oh, I haven't watched it in a while either. Yeah, I feel I like think- she might. Cause she, you know, with her Aaron and, uh, what's his name? The other guy she writes with, um, Jack Antonoff. Thank you. Um, I was I'm gonna like, let can, you get there. <laughs> I could see his face, and I was like, "We're never gonna get there." I, but I can see him because um, they <laughs> they break down every song before they actually play it. So I'm trying to remember. I feel like there might have been some reference to it. We'll have to watch and report back. Yes, but I could be also just do, pulling a Cody and creating things in my mind. It's a fun world. Yes. And so is this song. So I I took it upon myself to really deep dive into the lyrics on all of the folklore songs before we record, because they are more storytelling than, you know, songs like Girl at Home. Um, and I feel like they deserve a little more, a little more thought. Um, looking at you, that song, it was so bad. But what I really oh, love about... The what I really love about the story here is that okay, so remember when we talked about the very first night and I said there's this is just not how I think of relationships, is because I think of relationships as like the one because there's like a really big like push and pull here going on on the moving on portion of a relationship. Because she starts out by saying, like, hey, I'm good, I'm doing some new things, I'm saying yes instead of no. I'm going, um, I hit the ground running each night, which usually people hit the ground running each morning. She's going out and doing things again. She's going to the Sunday in matinee. So maybe they didn't go to the movies ever. Like she's doing the things she wants to do, which I think is very empowering. But then she's like pulled back when you go to the chorus of like, I really was just wishing that you would be here with me. Like I, you know, she's like romanticizing the past a bit. Um, being like roaring twenties, which was like a huge time in music and art. And we all like kind of glorify the past, but also this came out in 2020, which we were supposed to have the new roaring twenties. So just like 
thinking back on like what she wished it was going to be and then realizing like, but you, it's not happening. You could have been the one. And then like, as you go through the whole song, you just kind of see her brain shift, like the way they view, like she views it, whoever the character in the song is. I really, at first got very scared when this came out that her and Joe Alwyn broke up. Yeah, they didn't. They're still together. We know this, but, um, so you go through the chorus and it's the same chorus in one and two, the same chorus, exact lyrics. And then you go to the verse and she's like, you know, like being hopeful for, um, a future for her ex. Cause she says, I have a dream. You're, you know, like you meet someone on the internet, you guys hit it off and all of that. And then talks about like how it really could have never worked out sort of between her and her ex because they had an untraditional relationship, you know, never painted by the numbers, but she still questions the possibility of it until we get to the final verse where she pretty much is accepting, like she says, Rose flowing with your chosen family, which we see chosen family again in peace. I think it was, she talks about um, how she chooses who I really do believe in peace. And we'll get to that. Joe Alwyn's brother as her like chosen family. Like she chose to be in that family. Um, but in the last chorus, there is that lyric switch to Rose's chosen or flowing with your chosen family. And pretty much she goes from wishing and romanticizing the past to being realizing I chose you, but you didn't choose me. And so like, that's kind of like the story here. And I think it's just like a beautiful, like opening to the album. I agree. <laughs> I I was going to say that the chosen family um, line. I thought that it was so interesting that she said that because chosen family is like a common uh, vocabulary. I guess turn this into the queerest song there is on the album. No, I'm not going like to. Like B Swift would do. Yeah, like <laughs> DJ uh, B Swift. God, worst thing ever. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, it, it's not the queer song, but I just found it interesting because chosen family is like in, in LGBTQ world, like we use that phrase a lot because a lot of families don't support their people or support their children or whatever. So cr- you create your own family, um, your chosen family. Um, and so I thought that that was interesting. Um, but then I just want to go on record and say for like the first two or three weeks and still sometimes today, instead of singing, um, uh, throwing pennies in the pool, I thought she was saying throwing panties in the pool. Um, <laughs> and I was like, why? <laughs> take these panties <laughs> she's just like every pool she sees just throws panties in it. <laughs> it's a different kind of wishing well wishing pool um i think one of the lyrics that or two, really two of the lyrics that really stood out to me were um First, like, if you never bleed, you're never going to grow. And this was something that, especially, you know, two months after losing my husband, I felt so deeply, right? Like I 
knew that this was a cut that would in a lot of ways never heal, but that was the only way that I was going to grow. And so to just kind of have that reminder of, you know, the worst things can happen to you, but if you choose to allow them to fuel you and teach you, that's really when you'll probably grow the most really just brought me so much comfort. Um, and then even just like other little pieces, um, you know, and obviously like I kind of take them out of context based on what I was feeling, but you know, when she says in my defense, I have none for never leaving well enough alone. Um, but it would have been fun if you would have been the one, like just that whole concept of, you know, maybe had I not pushed so many things with my late husband trying to get into recovery and, you know, fight his addiction or fight for him longer in the hospital, like, could it have led to that ideal one that we all talk about that, you know, we had each viewed, um, on the day that we got married and just to have to like sit and grapple with the fact that you had all of these, these thoughts and these feelings and these dreams for your future. But then at some point you were forced to, you know, to again, bleed in order to grow. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. It's such a good, like, song to have a breakup to like on like a lesser level like you had your husband passed away for me I was going through a breakup and sort of that whole idea of like feeling like you're you're doing well and you're on some new stuff but you're still like like feeling those pains you're still reminiscing about the past and then being like what could we have been? And I think one of my favorite lyrics from this song is where she says, in my defense, I have none for never leaving well enough alone, but it would have been fun if you would have been the one. And I think at some point in every breakup, you just kind of, before you were ready to actually fully move on, because like who would have known in about two weeks after this album that I would meet my now fiance. But in that moment, I was just like, yeah. Like, I really wish I had the answers to like, why, like, why did it not work out? Where did it all go wrong? Why couldn't this have been something more than three years and then ending and just us moving apart from each other? And now I'm sad, but hoping that you're doing well and I'm doing new things. And I don't know, it's just... It's like a really good breakup song, but like hopeful at the same time. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I think even just real quick to Cody's point before with the chosen family, like I know what you were saying about, you know, the LGBTQ community, but also like for me and Tim, my late husband, like we always believe that we were chosen family, like given our backgrounds, which makes it seem like we had crappy backgrounds, which we didn't, but you know, we had embarked into that next phase of life as our chosen family. And, you know, just to really, how you can step up into that, feel like you're doing the right thing, making that commitment, and it can still all, all fall apart. Go ahead, Cody. 
sorry, I, I sorry. was just going to say, um, we, the, the Great Gatsby correlation between the one and, um, what's the nice. song from Reputation? Um, why can't we have nice things? This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, I, I just think it's an interesting dynamic because these two songs are completely different. Um, but yet she's still like, nope, I want to just touch fingers really quickly with these two songs and make sure people notice that I'm a huge fan of The Great Gatsby, even in my um, alternative era. <laughs> so <laughs> I always thought that that was, um, I, I just thought it was a cute little nod back to reputation. So good. So well done. Does anybody else have any other thoughts or should we rate this song? I say let's jump to ratings. All right, Cody, you go first. This song is a 13 for me and get ready because there's probably going to be a lot of them on this album. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it an 11. Oh, I really enjoy this, this song. I, and I think it's a beautiful, like, picture and all of that i just don't think it elevates up to a 13 just yet for me um there are a lot of of great songs on this album and looking at the album as a whole i would give this one an 11 okay um i'm gonna go with cody and give it a 13 um again i think it was one of those first songs and one of the first things that I was like really listening to and absorbing had like the mental capacity to absorb following my husband's death where I was like, I really feel seen. I like it. Any final thoughts? I just want to say that um, I just had it in my head and now it's gone and now it's going <laughs> to, oh, it was so, it was so good. It was so funny. Nope, it's gone. It's gone forever. Just say goodbye to it because it's not worth bringing up anymore. So I guess, uh, you know, we hope that we'll continue to be the one for you all. This episode was sparkling. Don't you let it go. We are just as excited to meet and connect with you as you are to meet and connect with the one and only Taylor Swift herself. So go follow us on Instagram at EnchantedPod and tell us your theories, favorite songs, and so much more. See you there.